What's up, everybody? Welcome to Big League Chewing, a baseball podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always. On today's show, I will be joined by Daniel Garcia. Daniel is the host of the All Angels podcast, a great Angels podcast. I actually had him uh, in one of the very first episodes of Big League Chewing to talk about the Angels. He's kind of my resident Angels guy. And as an Angels fan myself, I figured I'd have him on to talk about kind of uh, what he's doing uh, in the meantime, kind of waiting for baseball to come back, what he thinks about uh, some of the Tommy John surgeries that have been going on lately, uh, most recently with Thor and Chris Sale going under the knife. We talk about a shortened season. We talk about when we think the season could come back and kind of uh, how exciting kind of the, 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 uh, the prospect of a shortened season could actually be. So I want to get straight into my interview with Daniel Garcia of the All Angels podcast. Enjoy. Okay, so I'm now joined by Daniel Garcia. Daniel is a host of the All Angels podcast, a great Angels podcast. Daniel, how are you doing out there? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good, doing good. So Obviously, you know, baseball kind of is where it is right now. We have no baseball, kind of no projection of when we could have baseball back. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of, um, you know, itching to get it back or, and are kind of finding other ways to kind of get their kind of baseball fix at the moment. I know I've been kind of watching a lot of um, a lot of older games. Um, I know John Boy Media uh, has posted a few of his like reaction videos to like World Series dating from like 1972 to like 1988. I think they're at now, but I've been watching those, and uh, it's it's crazy how much the game has changed. But it's it's uh, it's 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 helping me get through these times a little a little bit. So, um, how are you kind of coping with it, and what are you doing to kind of get your your baseball fix right now? Yeah, so I guess. You know, my Monday through Friday, luckily for myself, hasn't changed a whole lot. I'm still working. But, like, as far as weekends go, I am playing probably an unhealthy amount of MLB The Show. Um, right. I'm also watching a lot of Angel games, like, on YouTube. On our our, um, our couple episodes ago on our podcast, we kind of revisited the 2002 World Series, which, as Angel fans know, that's, like, the, you know, the best time of being an Angel fan right there. So we kind of... Had or gave ourselves homework to watch those games, and then we went to go uh, talk about them on the podcast. So, yeah, stuff kind of like that. Going through YouTube, you know, like I said, playing MLB the show, kind of, um, and also kind of doing what you're doing, just trying to find uh, stuff to do to talk about on on the on a podcast. So, uh, between those three or four things, you know, it, it's it's not the same as going to a game or, or seeing an actual live game on the TV or however, but uh, it is kind of holding me over for now. And you and Johnny, uh, Johnny, for those that you don't know, is also a co-host of the All Angels podcast. I know you and Johnny had actually gone out to um, Tempe, I believe, like a week or 10 days before this all yeah. went down. So are, are, do you guys look back on that spring training visit kind of fondly, like you, that was the last chance you guys got to kind of get some baseball in? Or Yeah, it, it, was, it was kind of crazy, too, because the year before, because we've been trying to make this trip every year, but the year before, we actually went um, – a week later than we did this so it would have been around like the 12th 13th when everything got shut down so this year because of this everyone's schedule we're like you know what? we'll go a week earlier whatever no big deal and it's kind of fortunate that we did because like you said we left that monday uh i think that thursday or friday is when they finally decided to cancel um the spring training games and so yeah we were like uh, at the last weekend of spring training and it kind of just worked out and it was funny though too because you kind of saw it coming a little bit just because 
when we were there on that Saturday, you're seeing stuff come out, you know, through the press and, and how MLB is reaching right. out players and, and talking to them about how to handle this COVID-19 situation and maybe not do as many autographs, maybe not do so many, like, you know, uh, selfies with fans, stuff like that. But at the time, you're thinking, like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm taking precaution. Okay, cool. But from that, like I said, that was, like, Saturday came out. I talked to some guys on Sunday. But by the time Sunday left uh, and then we got the announcement, like, on Thursday when everything closed down, it happened so quick that you uh, – you, when I was in Tempe, when we were in Tempe, we had no idea that this was coming this quickly and, and this severely. So, yeah, right. looking back at it, it, it's more just like, wow, the timing of everything was, was crazy because we had no idea that this kind of snowball was going to come downhill this quickly. Right, right. So I guess getting into some you know minor news and notes that have been going on around the league. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Chris Sale and uh, Noah Syndergaard both went under the knife for some Tommy John procedures, and since then, um, you know, a lot of people have been uh, reacting kind of negatively towards those surgeries, saying, you know, why are these guys getting surgeries when the country's in the middle of a pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but more kind of on a baseball from a baseball perspective. Um, it seems like every season now uh, there's an ace that goes down with Tommy John, a couple, a handful of aces that go down with Tommy John surgery kind of every year in MLB, probably for the last five or six years. Uh, give me your initial reaction to those guys going down uh, with Tommy John and then just kind of uh, the league as a whole having this kind of Tommy John problem. Yeah, so like starting off with Chris Sale, coming into spring training, you were hearing things about him not being healthy as far as being sick and losing weight. So you kind of figured, okay, well, that's unfortunate. This means, you know, he might take a little bit longer to get up and going. But when uh, I think any, and kind of going to your bigger part about Tommy John in, in general, anytime a fan hears, you know, elbow, elbow discomfort, elbow this, elbow that. And with Angel fans, we kind of had our own little scare with, with Griffin Canning having, having that like an elbow situation during spring training. But um, luckily, I don't think he has to worry about Tommy John yet. But yeah, uh, Sale was is super unfortunate. It just seems like at a certain point, this guy it has a hard time getting healthy. I know his delivery is very violent. It just it's it just kind of seems like a thing now. Whenever you hear an elbow situation, the first thing any fan goes to is Tommy John, and it's just right. It's unfortunate that it takes so long for a procedure like that and to come back from. I mean, you're talking about missing all of this year and then probably into the uh, 2021 season. As far as Thor. Um, was a super surprise because his actual announcement happened, I believe, when we were quite a bit into the uh, shutdown of, of spring training and, and baseball in general. So right, for nothing right. to ha for nothing to happen for you know seven eight days baseball wise, and all of a sudden you get this random announcement saying that Thor's going to need Tommy John surgery. I thought was like, wow, what you know was it something that was happening during spring training that they kept an eye on? Was it something that maybe he continued to work out mm -hmm. and stuff like that, and and it happened, but the Thor one was was really surprising to me, and and it just it was kind of crazy too because the Mets obviously talking about his uh, upcoming free agency. He was always one of those guys that if the Mets didn't perform well this year, he could be on the trading block. And now obviously, kind of regardless of what the season ends up looking like this year, he's not going to be uh, traded this year. And then going into sure. next year, his his walk year, um, what you know, what was he going to be? Was he going to look like what? How is he going to perform? So it's definitely something to keep an eye out for long term. But yeah, the Thor one, to me, was way more kind of surprising than the sale just because, like I said, he wasn't really – no baseball activities were going on for a good week, probably even more than that. And all of a sudden, you know, you get the scroll on your phone or tablet or whatever and saying that he needs uh, a Tommy John surgery. 
Yeah, it's crazy. It seems the the Mets always continue to amaze me in that, you know, they always have these kind of, you're, you're not really sure how they happen, but, you know, all this kind of negative stuff tends to kind of circle the Mets franchise, whether it's Cespedes kind of being injured by a kind of like a wild boar, uh, you know, back home, <laughs> or, or whether it's, you know, Syndergaard not having any baseball activity and then coming out saying that he needs Tommy John. There's always something going on with the Mets in terms of how they handle um, kind of talking about injuries, releasing news about injuries to the press. Um, it's kind of been a, a narrative now for a while with them. Another thing with these Tommy John cases is that um, you look at any other sport and uh, you know, you look at the NBA, for example, um, you know, the only kind of situation where a star player, say like Thor, for example, in baseball gets taken away for like a year and a half uh, recently would be like Kevin Durant. Like I know he's still kind of making his comeback from the, the NBA finals injury that he had, I think, last last year. Um, you know, he hasn't he had he hadn't even played a game for the Brooklyn Nets yet. So. And it's like when you sustain when a, when, a, when a sport sustains an injury to like a star like that, it does nothing but kind of hurt the league. You know, it's it sucks for baseball because you get these star pitchers and, you know, you're hoping to see them. You're hoping to, 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 to get their star quality output on a, you know, every five days and, and, and you're missing that. And I think that only really hurts the sport in the long run. And I can't think of any other sport right now that repeatedly every season gets one of their star players um, hurt for a year and a half or more. You know, it just, it just doesn't happen in, in, in other leagues. No, you're absolutely right. And, and like you were talking with the Durant issue, the, um, the Achilles, that's been kind of, it's like each sport or not each sport, but like NBA has that, like that's a big injury problem coming right. back from because your feet are so important and basketball jumping and, and, and landing a lot of times is what really affects that kind of stuff. And then obviously with baseball with throwing the ball, um, with Tommy John, but yeah, you're right. It just seems like, you know, I guess in a way it's getting better because you look back, you know, 20, 30 years, Tommy John surgery was almost like, oh, he's done. Um, at least now they have an option of right. kind of uh, more times than not coming back even better than before and stuff like that. So I guess on, on that aspect of it, okay, that's cool. But yeah, it's just, it's still really unfortunate to see someone like that and, and you know, even any team that has Tommy John surgery or any player that has Tommy John surgery, you know, uh, us with the Angels dealing with the Otani thing, missing out. Luckily, we've been able to see him bat last year. But, um, yeah, it's just unfortunate to, to, to see a player who a lot of times is a, is a big-time pitcher because a lot of times these are these hard-throwing, uh, front-of-the-rotation kind of pitchers that are getting them. And, and it's just unfortunate right. to see these guys not be able to perform the year after because they have to take the whole year off. Yeah, yeah. So shifting now to uh, the Astros, who obviously – um, you know, speaking of the Astros and everything that's gone on, this has been the cr the wildest MLB offseason yeah. I I, I've ever experienced. I mean, it literally, like, now with, like, the COVID-19 stuff, going back to the Astros stuff, going back to the wild winter meetings, I mean, it's been an onslaught. Seemingly, like, every week there's something new to report and, and new to talk about. But uh, with this Astros punishment, um, apparently Manfred came out, I believe, recently and said that basically the punishment for A.J. Hinch and for Lunau – uh, in terms of the suspension, the one-year suspension, uh, holds up even if there's no 2020 season. And I know some people have reacted negatively to that, basically saying, like, okay, well, if there's no 2020 season, then basically Mike Trout and Je uh, A.J. Hinch have, have had the same amount, same punishment, basically. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that, you know, if there is there, you know, would you like to see if there is no 2020 season, A.J. Hinch suspended for 2021? Or do you think it's enough for just to for them to go through with it this season if there even if there is no season? 
Yeah, I think I'm probably going to be in the minority on this. I'm fine with them being reinstated after the 2020 season because, like, if you think about it, their punishment, you know, was the fact that, A, you know, before they got fired, you're going to sit out a year and not get paid for the year regardless of what happens. Okay, that's that was their punishment. They ended up obviously getting fired and all that stuff. Well, that stuff doesn't change if there's no season. They're still not getting paid. They're still not getting, um, you know, they're not connected with the team. They're not doing any, the stuff they would have been doing if they were if there was a season going on. They're still doing it. So the fact that if there's games played or not played, it doesn't really bother me at all. Like if anything, you know, just if, if there's a I don't know every manager situation out there in baseball, but if there's a manager right now that's on his last year of a contract and now the season plays out or doesn't play out and and that contract expires now do you bring in aj hinge and stuff like that like i feel like that conversation would have been happening anyway regardless of if there was a season or not so i i'm not too right. worried about them coming back after 2020 because like i said if you want to compare them sitting out a whole year to these players sitting out a whole year these players are still getting paid you know it might be kind of not the full amount but they're still getting paid aj Hinch still had to go through all the media press and not looking great and and I still sure. kind of I believe I believe Hinch will be back in baseball. And from people I've talked to, they have the same feeling. They weren't too sold on him being back in 2021, but they can definitely see him in 2022 or beyond. More more so doing uh, you see it a lot uh, where ex coaches, you know, especially in the NFL, you see it a lot. They they show up on these ESPN, Fox Sports, Net, or, or shows to be like an analyst for a season, and then the next year they get back into it. And I can see that right. for AJ Hinch going in next year. I, I didn't wasn't too sure that he would get a job right away, right away. I, I, I do feel he will get one. And as far as Jeff Lunau, everyone I've talked to, um, whether it be like an angel person connected to the angels or, or a person connected to the Astros or anything like that, they have almost zero confidence in him getting a job, period, again, in MLB baseball. So regardless sure. if he's quote-unquote in state, reinstated at the end of uh, this season or would be this season or, or another year. I, I think for him, it doesn't really matter. I think his punishment is going to be felt, you know, far longer than a, a, a simple year. I think the AJ Hint one doesn't bother me. He's not getting paid. He's not connected to a team. His punishment was that it wasn't, Hey, you have to sit down and watch 162 games without being a part of a team. Like, you know, that is whatever. Right. But yeah, I have no problem with them coming back after, after this season, just because a, I feel like a year without pay was the, was the punishment and they, they that happened sure. and then and then two sure. when you're when you're doing these suspensions back when they did you had no idea this this you know COVID-19 was going to pop up and, and there was no way for you to write it into the contract or the punishment saying well if this happens if if the if the world goes into a global pandemic then you have to do another year like that's not written into the, the, the <laughs> agreement so Right, you know, right. th and then and then if you do that, you spend them for another year. Then does Hinch want to press legal action because he said, "Hey, it's said a year, it's been a year. You know, we didn't agree to any of this." So, I think there's a bigger mess if he tries to do push it out for another year. But I'm perfectly fine with them coming back uh, at the end of you know the 2020 what would be the 2020 World Series, and and who knows that could be like in December from what everything everyone's talking. So, right. So more to that. Um... MLB has also talked about uh, testing out their expanded playoff kind of field that they had talked about earlier in the in, in the in the, uh, in the in the off season. I know Trevor Bauer had a, had a big reaction to that in terms of how MLB was thinking about expanding the playoff field and and hosting kind of like a playoff uh, seating show and and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it seems like MLB, if the 2020 season does get underway, are looking into an expanded playoffs with more teams involved. Um, what, what's your, what's your initial thoughts on that? 
I like it. When they first started talking about expanding playoffs before uh, this all, all this happened, I was okay with it just because, I mean, you're kind of seeing it everywhere. I mean, the NFL just agreed to expand their playoffs either starting this upcoming season or at least by 2021. So it's, right. it's, it's not a, a an off-the-wall thought. And then, two, you have other sports like the NBA, like the NHL, where it's like half the teams make the playoffs regardless. So, you know, they're still kind of – uh, you know they exp- they're expanding to one per side, so it's not like they're saying, okay, we're gonna take 15 or 14 from one side and 14 from the other side, and then we're gonna, you know, or whatever, you know, whatever the numbers work out. So it's, it's it's I still think it's exclusive enough to where it works out, and and I'm not I'm not worried about it, you know. And the play, I mean, fans love playoffs, you know, the 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 chance of your team being the underdog and upsetting a, a big name. I think that's always been a real big. Uh, plus when it comes to playoffs and if you can get more um, drama more eyes more of that stuff to the game at that at your best the time you play the best baseball I think only helps uh, MLB in the long term as far as um, like the selection show kind of deal like yeah I can see how that can be kind of gimmicky and I can see how that can be um, very TV driven like we're doing this for our TV partners and that's going to rub a lot of fans the wrong way because it has nothing to do with the game um, right but I'm, I'm very you know that college football does a very good job of it and i think mlb is just trying to see what pe- other people do well and then kind of experiment with it in their way so i can see what they're thinking but yeah i, I to me that would take a little bit more for me to kind of warm up to that idea as far as like the selection show and all that stuff and then how many games do you think uh, we'll actually get this season? I mean, I, I posted a kind of a poll on Twitter a couple of weeks ago saying, you know, over under 100 games. Um, and I thought 100 games was kind of realistic at that point. But now, kind of as the weeks go by, um, I'm looking more into, like, the number of 80 games and, like, whether we're going to get over under 80 games. I, I, I say I think we're going to get over 80 games, but... I mean, just barely. Um, how many games do you think is realistic at this point? You know, with the talk of them expanding the season into like November, December, I think the possibility of a hundred games is is a good one. You know, it's going to have to depend on their on their calendar and how they want to do the calendar. So if they just go straight up, our World Series is going to be in October. Nothing else is going to change. Then yeah, I think eighty one, like a half a season sprint right. to the finish get the extended playoffs and so um you do it that way but if they are seriously thinking about playing at neutral sites in like november december then yeah i think it, it, if they do it that way it's definitely going to be about um as we stand right now with so much uncertainty and if you had a if i had a guess i would say probably yeah i think i, I think just over 80 i'm thinking like 85 90 right now but um right yeah it, it's 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 kind of crazy because no one really knows what's going on no one knows um, you know, the situations these, these teams are in because, you know, I feel, I mean, I, I feel bad for some of the players cause they want to know when they're going to get back to, you know, practicing and, the, and their routine they, and should, everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Should I start uh, working my way up to for season prep or am I like in the stage of where it's the first month of off season, I can just relax and chill and maybe only go work out two or three times, you know, uh, a week. Or is it like, Hey, spring training's around the corner. I got to get back to it, you know, five, six days a week kind of deal. So, um, yeah, there's so many questions out there, and then you got to think about, okay, are the players going to be ready, and then how's that going to affect it? Are they going to – yeah, it's just – if I had to pick – if I had to make a guess right now, I'd say over 80, but just just barely. Not, I mean, maybe yeah. 80 is push. Maybe 80 is the push. Maybe if you go – if you tell me it's 80.5, 80. or 80.5, I probably would go with the under and go with 80, but, you know. Right. 
And, you know, I'm going to make a, a, a projection here. I, I have a feeling that, um, you know, I, I, obviously we're going to deal with a shortened season here. And I think from a player perspective, uh, I think it's going to be a little jarring to them. But I think from a fan perspective, the idea of like an 80-game season or a 100-game season to me uh, seems kind of exciting at this point. Um, you know, baseball is kind of in need of a shakeup in terms of getting new fans, getting younger, um, younger viewers, younger demographics. Um, you know, spicing things up a little bit. And I think, you know, an 80-game season would be super exciting. I, I'm more leaning towards a 100-game season. I think cutting the season in half would maybe be, be too drastic. But I would like to see how a 100-game season would play out. Um, I think kind of the urgency of a Tuesday night game at Angel Stadium at 7.05 p.m. takes on like a whole nother um, kind of feeling when, when the season is oh, a little yeah. shortened. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, as a baseball fan, we know that every game of 162 games does count because you know you end up in the you end up at the end of the season with you know a one and a half games back or a game back or a half game back and that game on a Tuesday night at seven at seven p.m. at Angel Stadium did did mean something but I feel like with a hundred game season um, those games really kind of become apparent uh, and and they I feel like the game flow of those games in in the middle of June it really would have a sense of urgency uh, what's what's your take on that Yeah I think too anytime you're you shorten a season that's why people love like the NFL and, and college football so much. Cause there's only like 16 or so games. So every game means that much more compared to the 162 that baseball normally has. So if you, if you, yeah, cut it down to a hundred. Um, yeah, you're right. That Wednesday night against Baltimore, uh, in at angel stadium, you know, maybe before you're kind of like, Oh yeah, whatever. It's a game. Now it's like, Hey, you know, there's only X amount of games after this. We, this right. is really important. And, they can right. probably, and I'm interested too if they do 100 games or 81 games or however they do it. I'm interested to see how they set up the schedule as far as do you, they just start at a certain point and say, okay, hey, this is a schedule we already had planned out, so we're going to pick it up from this point and just go forward with it. Or if they're going to rework it, are they going to get rid of interleague to kind of save some games that way and focus more maybe inter, you know, inside the division matchups and maybe, right. you know, something I was thinking about too is like, you know, you normally have a home and away with every team in your division. Uh, maybe now you cut those down to like two games, you know, for those like two games in uh, in New York, then two games in Boston, then two games in Tampa Bay, and then you come home and then you, and then you keep your division games, the traditional three or four game series. Just so you know, if you're trying to get a playoff, and you're trying to get the best team in a division, you're obviously going to have to really at at this point really um, have a ton of divisional games, which I think as right. fans I, I like because. You know, we always have a kind of the debate. It seems like every year when the Angels play the Dodgers, like who's the biggest rival for the Angels? And I'm always the type of guy that says, well, they play the Dodgers like three or four times a year. You play the Astros, you know, 16, 17 times a year. I mean, to me, that's a bigger, bigger rivalry just because you see yeah. them more often. So, so I'm always yeah. for, you know, play, play more divisional games. Maybe you kind of cut down the outside of division games a little bit. So maybe two game series instead of three or four. And then for this one year, you just let that work out. And then if fans enjoy it, then maybe that's something you think about, um, going forward when everything kind of does get back to normal yeah i mean I, that's that's the thing too it's like i remember you know i was probably like 10 or 11 years old but i remember when interleague play got going and i remember like you know the traditional fans at that time were super upset because they, they thought that you know the interleague games would take away from the divisional games so um you know and in, in, in a in a shortened season you that definitely would be amplified you know you would definitely want less i would definitely want less interleague games and more divisional games because you know those divisional games really matter more um in in that shortened season um moving on to teams that you think would benefit are going to benefit the most from 
the current the current suspension or the current break in play. You know, obviously, you look at the Yankees, who again heading into 2020 were kind of uh, had a lot of heavy injuries going into the season. Obviously, Giancarlo Stanton was hurt again. Uh, Aaron Judge had some lingering injuries. They're waiting for James Paxton to get back to health. I think he would, he I think they projected he would be ready by the middle of May or something like that. Obviously, with the Angels, um, Shohei Otani, I believe, was was scheduled to be ready to be back starting again uh, by the middle of May. So with a shortened season, obviously, that puts these teams in a better position to be healthy again, um, to get all their guys ready. Um, what, what's your kind of take on that and what teams you think would be obviously better off with this with this uh, stop and play? Yeah, I think you kind of nailed it on the head. The Yankees probably just because they've had, at least as far as I know, they had the... Um the most amount of like games that they're trying to get back, whether it be like you said, Stanton Paxton, um, you know, Severino's not coming back with his Tommy John surgery, but right. you know, some of those bigger names are going to be back whenever this starts up. So, you know, Canning and, and Otani are, will be back when, by the time, you know, this starts, uh, hopefully um, I know Canning just got the okay to start throwing again, which is a good sign. And then Otani again, still working on his uh, rehab stuff. But, you know, I think, I think every team kind of benefits from this, you know, as far as getting your guys healthy. It's just who had the most guys hurt. And I think the Yankees, as far as big-name guys, that was the team. Um, and, you know, once the season starts, again, if it starts back, you know, everyone should be pretty close to health. And then you have to obviously go into, like, a kind of a spring training 2.0. And hopefully everyone works through there because, you know, if you take this break and everyone gets healthy, that's great. But then if you go into this another spring training and then you have guys coming up with little things and here and there, like, you normally do during spring training, then it kind of resets the table to what it was before. And, and the, right. the break doesn't, doesn't benefit anybody, but as of right now, yeah, as far as like big name guys, I think Yankees have the most, most of them um, injured or, or working their way back from something. So I definitely think it, it benefits them most. And then when, when baseball does come back, um, when and if I, I suppose you should, we should be saying at the moment, but um, I have a feeling that, you know, attendance isn't something that's going to be like ro- come roaring back uh, initially. I feel like people are still going to be, uh, you know, keeping their anxieties over the virus and gathering in large groups again. I mean, I feel like this goes for anything, you know, going back to movie theaters, going back to kind of big events. Um, I have a feeling that this virus has kind of uh, tainted that for a while uh, here in this country. So what 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 would you what? What would you like to see kind of like if baseball comes back at Angel Stadium, say their first game back at Angel Stadium, like what would be your projection for attendance? Like, do you think people are going to come out and sell it out or do you think people are going to be a little cautious at, at the beginning? I kind of feel, huh, you know, that's, and that's a real tough one, too, because if you're telling me that they're the first uh, professional sport to do it, then I can see people being very tentative and not showing up. Maybe, like you said, like a sellout or anything like that. I mean, I think you're always going right. to have those diehards that figure like, hey, I waited this hard, this long. I'm, I'm gonna go to one game. I'll roll the dice. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be cautious. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see who's around me. Kind of take precaution that way. Um, but you know, if the NBA gets back, if you know these other kind of sports, MLS come back, and and they seem to be everything to be going fine with them, and then baseball comes back after them, then yeah, I can see kind of people taking comfort in the fact that hey, the NBA came back and nothing's right. happened, or MLS has come back and nothing's happened, and then by then, yeah, you can probably get a sellout then. But if they're like the first sport that comes back yeah i can definitely see a um hesitant fan base to come back like everyone's gonna be super excited that they're gonna be able to turn on the tv and it's gonna be there that i mean 
for the right. lack of maybe attendance numbers they'll have, I think their their vision, their their uh, viewer numbers on on Fox and all that stuff, or or whoever, whoever their uh, station is, uh, for the team you listen to, I, I think that's gonna blow up. That's gonna be huge. But yeah, as far as getting into the stadium, if they're the first sport that does it, um, yeah, man, I can see it being you know, like I want to say like 70, 75 percent full, just because I I just don't know about the certainty and you know. Right. Uh, People are, aren't going to be wanting to like you go to a baseball game, especially us where we're located. We go to Angel Stadium all the time, and there's there's group there's places where big groups always always kind of seem to gather, whether it's behind the you know by the scoreboard or like the Budweiser pad kind of deal, like those areas. And if people aren't willing to go over there, are they willing to go to the game then? So I yeah, I just I feel it's going to be kind right. of difficult the rest of this year, and then hopefully more back to normal when 2021 comes around. Yeah, that's that's the thing I didn't think about, too, is that, you know, lining up when each sport will come back. You know, if the NBA does come back first and, and, and people are comfortable with that, then, yeah, I could definitely see um, people becoming more comfortable going to other events. Um, so in terms of going back to how I've been spending my time kind of in this, uh, you know, baseball lull period, um, you know, I've been <laughs> watching a lot of games. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of games on YouTube, lots of, watching a lot of old games. And I'm kind of blown away by how many times um, batters were laying down bunts in like really crucial situations where there was like runners on first and second with like one out. And, you know, people, uh, you know, players were even laying down bunts with two strikes on them. It was like, holy shit, man, that's that's crazy. Um, I guess, you know, from your perspective, you know, you watched the 2002 World Series recently. Uh, and I know that bunts were definitely in effect for that for that Angels team, because I know at, at that point um, in Mike in Mike Sosha's uh, tenure as a manager, I know he liked to play small ball. I know he liked to have runners advance from first to third on like a single to right field and, and all that kind of stuff. But is there anything you noticed in those 2002 games where you're like, wow, like we really don't see that that much anymore in today's game? Yeah, I'm. It's funny, though, too, because you say there's things that you kind of see now still, but it's just done differently. It's like the intentional walk. Like, all the times they walked Barry Bonds, you're like, oh, that's right, huh? They had to stand <laughs> up and actually throw the four balls. Like, stuff like that that, that blew my mind. Or, right. or uh, base coaches without helmets. Like, oh, that's right, the before or the extended netting. But as far as, like, the game, on the, the stuff on the field, yeah, I mean, the bunt, the steals, the – uh, putting guys in motion, uh, you know, there was a contact play that worked great. I believe it was like in, in uh, I want to say game six or game seven, but um, stuff like that where you're like, man, yeah, you just don't see that anymore. And then, you know, you kind of do more research into that kind of stuff and, you, and you, you find out that the analytics had a lot to do with it. Like, you know, you don't give up outs. Like the outs are so valuable because you only have 27 and giving up one is, you know, kind of like what we're talking about with, with games in a season. Like if you only have a certain limited amount, that one, it means so much more. So they kind of figured that same way with outs. And so you kind of understand it, why it changed. But, yeah, it is definitely kind of a um, a really cool kind of little flashback to how it used to be and how it was. And, and, and oh, you know, you like seeing that kind of action. And you hope that baseball in general kind of get back to a little more of that. Like, I don't think it will ever be like it was in, in 02 or even, you know, before that. But you do kind of hope you do see guys in motion more. Maybe you do see a bunt or two here or there, especially if a guy has some really good speed, like a D Gordon type, where, you know, right. if he puts down that that good bun, he can beat out an infield, you know, uh, infield bun, and, and it's really exciting to see, and it benefits the team and all that stuff. So right. yeah, it is it is kind of interesting to see not only the stuff on the field, but kind of stuff around the field too. That you just like, oh yeah, that's right, they had to do that. 
Yeah, looking back at those old games, and, and you know, it, the other thing, too, that I just remembered is that, you know, this is all pre-shift, so... Right, putting the yeah. ball and putting the ball in play uh, was still kind of exciting. You know, nowadays, you you know, the argument for, oh, you know, more batters should just try to put the ball in play, get a little base hit here and there. But like half the time or more, they'd be hitting into the shift. So, you know, that's why we get hitters now that are, you know, concentrating on on loft, getting more loft on the ball, hitting the ball out of the park because of the shift. But um, right. looking back, uh, I think I posted, I tweeted about this the other day. Um the last like three or four seasons, like at the end of the season, there's like three, like three or four hitters that might have 200 hits for the season. And you go back like even like 10 years, like 2007 or 2008, and there's like eight or nine hitters uh, in, in MLB that finished with the season with like 200, over 200 hits. And it's just such a different, different game now. And you can look back at like for the Angels, for example, in 2000, I believe uh, Darren Erstad had like 240 hits in a season. And that was like, that was crazy even for then, but now looking back on that 240 hits, it's like insane. You would never, you would never see that anymore. Yeah. It's, it's crazy too. And you kind of like what you mentioned with the shift. So you like, you think about it now, this, like, you know, now and now uh, baseball, how many more hits would certain guys have if there wasn't a shift that that ball that, you know, gets through the first and base, the first and second baseman, if there wasn't a dude just chilling right there, right at the edge of the outfield, to throw right. them out so like yeah i think that's part of the, the shift that's part of the um you know if you want to call it the launch angle revolution or whatever people are calling it now but like the the go go for broke kind of swings um right. you know i think it's a little bit of everything but yeah it, it is interesting to see those kind of numbers how they were back then and i think that's too why you might see it in a couple or not a couple years but like you know 10 15 years down the road when these guys that are playing now are up for hall of fame kind of votes when their hit numbers might not match what some guys did in the 90s and, and early 2000s yeah, and then you have to make yeah. the judgment where it's like well is is it still kind of but he didn't hit that that magic milestone or whatever it is so it's gonna be interesting right. to see how kind of the two generations of baseball kind of get uh compared to each other when these guys that are playing now retire and then are ultimately up for like hall of fame uh votes and everything like that sure so going to social media now so it seems like since since the virus and, and everyone's kind of been quarantined, you know, so people have been relying on social media to kind of get their content to kind of interact with celebrities or whoever it may be. And and definitely MLB has kind of followed the same way in terms of players uh, connecting with each other. Uh, you know, at any at any time going on Instagram these days, um, you know, you might get like Robinson Cano live on Instagram with Nelson Cruz or, you know, Albert Pujols was talking to a, a Dominican reporter, I believe, the other day on Instagram as well. Uh, a pretty at length interview. So it's like uh, this sort of stuff, obviously the players are kind of at home trying to get their workouts in, but they obviously have more time to be connecting with fans and all this kind of stuff. Um, what's your kind of initial thoughts on, on the increased kind of social media engagement uh, on the part of the players and how could they kind of keep this going like during the season, obviously when they're busier, um, you know, when they're going to have less time? As, as far as the guy that does like an Angels podcast, the fact that they're more on social media and, e and easier to contact, it, it helps me out a ton. But um, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it, it's real cool to kind of you can open up your phone and then see, you know, a couple players talking with each other or different kind of outlets talking to these players. But um, as far as like once the season starts, I, I think it'll be kind of hard, obviously, because they're not right. in that game mode and i've always noticed this too chatting with, with with players for the podcast like once spring training comes that's kind of like the, the the good time to kind of reach out and try to talk to them about baseball offseason stuff like that because once the season starts 
it's really yeah. hard to get hold of these guys uh, or you know if you get a hold of them being like hey can you can we get like 15 minutes like oh you know i gotta do this so you know during the season it's gonna be really hard you just kind of hope that during this time right now they're able to kind of build their own personal fan base enough right. to where it's like oh yeah that guy was really cool you know in in, in april and may I, you know I, I'm, I'm gonna be a fan i'm gonna watch him more closely now so hopefully you know for their benefits they're able to kind of make a name for themselves now which baseball players kind of have a hard time in general doing um compared to like the nba guys but you know hopefully right. you know the mlb the show put on is putting on a tournament or put on a tournament where players are playing it against each other and and you always see guys posting you know like you said uh video games and you know whether it be call of duty Fortnite, or anything like that and which is makes right. it i think for fans more relatable like oh cool you know they get you know, they get bored and they throw on the Xbox or they throw on the uh, the PlayStation 4 or whatever. So um, yeah. I think the, the stuff they're doing now is going to help them throughout the year. I'm just not sure if it could be maintained, if that makes sense. Like, hopefully they get right. their fan base big enough to where they kind of make a name for themselves. But it's going to be, re- I think, really hard, especially because baseball is so every day. Like, yeah. Football, okay, you play you play Friday or play Sunday, and then a lot of times like Monday you're off, Tuesday is kind of like a light day. So you have those two days right there where you're like, okay, I can relax, throw on a game and 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 stream it on on Twitch or whatever, and, and be perfectly fine with baseball. It's like if you have an off day, there's a good chance that off day you're moving somewhere, you're traveling somewhere. So right, you know the, the right. nature of the game itself might make it hard for in season stuff, but. Hopefully they're they're using this to benefit themselves now and, and build their fan base, so we'll have more eyes to them when the season starts. So just final thoughts here, then. So when do you expect? Um, what's your kind of time frame for when you think the game will be back uh, in terms of like, kind of the, the the second round of spring training and and getting getting things going? I'll, I'll go first and, and and say that I think we're probably looking at like the middle of June maybe for, for, for teams to get back and start spring training again, uh, probably for another two weeks. And then maybe a week after that, we get the season again, you know, maybe, maybe the beginning of July or something like that, who knows, but that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, man. If I, if I knew the answer to this, I would definitely go to uh, somewhere and put money on it, but yeah, it's just so hard. But I mean, you would think when this whole thing happened, me and Johnny were talking and we're like, yeah, it's going to happen. You know, they're going to delay the season. No big deal. You know, oh, you know, maybe perfect timing, blah, blah, blah. You know, right. And you're working your way into summer, this and that. And now it doesn't even look like that's going to happen. So now you have to kind of reevaluate everything. And, and you know, I was uh, my ideal situation. Again, I don't I have no idea if this is ever going to happen or not. But my ideal situation would be mid to late june you do the you do the uh like your spring training again work these guys up whether that's everyone goes to tempe and, and or uh, arizona and florida again or you send guys to this their you know home ballparks or however they want to do it but then you take that that last half of june and then maybe you you, you try to make a big splash with with the op- new opening day maybe you do it on a fourth of july and and you kind of play it out from there maybe you have a couple double headers right. mixed into it but then you'd expend extend the playoffs into um november a little bit but i mean if, if i can have it that way i would be i would sign up for it right now but it's just it's just so hard to um pinpoint what's going on because you just have no idea what this is going to turn into the, as far as the COVID 19 is it going to is it going to continue to climb is it going to flatten out is it going to you know decrease like it just seems and, and it kind of goes back to the original conversation we started at the very beginning of this when we were in tempe you know when we were there kind of and everything happened within hours, you know, like, oh, okay, the players, they got, 
you know, talk to you about it. And then now they have to be kind of restricted. It's just, it just seems like right. everything's happening hour by hours, but I would hope that, you know, my ideal situation would be mid June. That'd be your spring training to the end of June. And then July 4th, you know, make it a big thing, bring the fans back that way, make it a huge, um, you know, baseball in America right there. Uh, all yeah. In one. I, I, I think that's a great idea, actually. I hadn't thought about that, but that would be a huge kind of PR push for for the game to have it come back the Fourth of July weekend. Uh, I think that would be that would be huge, actually. Okay, Daniel. So uh, tell us a little bit more about All Angels podcast, um, where people can find it, and then tell me kind of what you guys have going on, kind of in the coming weeks while we're kind of waiting for baseball to come back. Yes. Yeah, so thanks again for having me on. We are uh, again the All Angels podcast. You can find the the podcast pretty much anywhere you find this one. Um, you know, uh, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Apple. Um, but yeah, so our, our past episodes, we talked about again, like the 2002 World Series. We talked our most recent episode. We talked about um, the new agreement with the players and and um, uh, and the union and stuff like that and MLB. And then we also uh, are working on some things now where um, actually later today I'm talking to a couple of players and we're talking and it kind of worked out great for what you're doing. What we're talked about right now is gaming and how it's such a big uh, gaming time. So right. I got about a handful of guys, you know, talking about their history, I guess, in gaming as far as like when they started kid wise, first game, favorite game, all that stuff. So that's kind of in the book nice. that's gonna be coming out in the next couple of weeks. But, um, you know, between now and then we're working on stuff, just trying to reach out to some, like you said, they have a lot of time on their hands. We're trying to reach out to people, and then you know, as something pops up, we're doing, we're 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 talking about that. We're also on our social media feed, our uh, Instagram, at Halo underscore Haven. We're doing like a bracket thing every once in a while. Like we just had one that finished up that was the best stance. Like like obviously, like I said, I've been playing the show quite a bit, and then you create a player. There's stances for days, and all of them are, are unique in their own certain way. So <laughs> right. So you kind of kind. Of, what stance was you know people like the best and so we had like a bracket kind of thing for that on our on our instagram and then i think we're going to start one with like baseball nicknames so you have like we talked about thor that nickname we're talking about you know the kid with ken griffey jr the big unit the rocket stuff like that and kind of have a bracket like that um but that's coming up but yeah just uh just constantly trying to find ways reaching out to people reaching out to players people in the front uh out in you know their um uh, TV broadcast team and stuff like that. So hopefully some of that stuff comes together. But yeah, anywhere right. you listen to this podcast, you can uh, definitely uh, find ours. Perfect. All right, Daniel. Thanks so much for hopping on. Uh, stay safe. Wash those hands for 20 seconds, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks again. Anytime, anytime at all. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right. So thanks again to Daniel Garcia for coming on the uh, coming on the podcast to chat about what he's been up to and where he thinks this whole uh, MLB suspension uh, is is headed. Uh, I thought that was a great great little conversation we had. So you can follow him uh, at the All Angels Podcast wherever you uh, like to listen to podcasts. I believe they have a new show every Thursday, or it seems like that's kind of been when their new shows have been dropping for those Angel fans out there. So thank you so much again for checking out Big League Chewing. Uh, my name has been Mike Brown. You can follow me on Twitter at ChewingCast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Big League Chewing. I will talk to you very soon. Take care.